Awesome. Well, good morning, Rev. So, yes, I have known Nath for a really long time. And um, a little confession, um, when we were younger, Nath had a crush on me. And um, I had to say no. Um, so, Susie, you know, I'm, I hope you're happy with me. So, there you go. I do want to also confess that is a lie, um, but I did use that in a sermon a long time ago here in Adelaide and um, it was at a camp and I remember a couple of young people came up afterwards and said to me like, oh, how are you and Susie? And I was like, oh, what do you mean? They're like, oh, this must be so hard. Like, you know, Nathan liking you, but now they're together and all this. And I was like, wow, the kids did not get that as a joke. So, um, but it is a privilege to be here. Um, as Nath said, I work uh, for the Salvation Army. I'm actually based in Tasmania, but get to work here at the moment. Um, I had three days to decide whether or not I committed to a couple of years working in Adelaide. And look, it was a bit of a no-brainer, I'll be honest. Um, there's people here who I love and respect. I have some really good mates. And to do, you know, to come over, serve and do ministry with them um, and help grow leaders and be a part of that, that, that that's a no-brainer, isn't it? So I feel very blessed uh, to be here. Um, as Nate said as well, telling people my age, I've been doing youth ministry for 20 years. So there you go. How am I standing? I don't know. Yesterday we had a, um, a divisional day. We, we went down to Gawler and had um, some fun uh, down at Gawler. And I tell you, getting up this morning hurt a lot. Um, it was a really great day though and a really exciting story even um, just in that space because we were kind of doing something at the Gawler site, there was actually 12 young people that came in off the street um, to participate in that day um, and the youth worker, one of the youth workers there, Josh, actually knows a few of them and a connection was made and some of them are planning to join his uh, gym class that he does in the community there. There's um, some people who knew him from the school and they want to chat more to him and so what an awesome opportunity to be doing something um, in the community and for something to happen where young people perhaps see a glimpse of who God is, right? So really good day. So as I said, I'm blessed to be here. Um, so I know you guys have been talking about this idea of grow or um, of growing. And I think if I've, if I've followed Instagram correctly, you've been talking about planting yourselves in the church, about being people who forgive and about making small adjustments in our discipline to help us grow. So I think that's great. How, how can we not want to grow as Christians, right? How can we, well, what can we do to get more into God's plan for our lives? And I, I think when we work and aim to grow into more of who God calls us to be, it's pretty simple, hey? More people can encounter who He is. So growing is good, right? And uh, when Nath asked me to, to come and preach, I must admit, you know, you're kind of like, oh, what on? Is there a plan? Um, Nath, as all good um, former youth pastors do, said, yeah, whatever. Um, you know, no hints. Thanks, mate. Always good. So I just sat with it and um, honestly felt like we needed to talk and hear about the Holy Spirit this morning. Um, and I, I feel like it's been something that God's actually been prompting me about in this last year. Um, where am I with His Spirit? So how is His Spirit working in my life? How do I work to encounter more of His Spirit? And how is His Spirit at work and can I see it? And I, I think, honestly, this is, um, I think us encountering the Holy Spirit, making space for the Spirit, being open to more of the Spirit and recognising the power of the Holy Spirit, um, that it exists within us and is essential, like this is essential for us to grow. So it's important 
and it actually in turn is impacting. It's life-changing for us. How we can see his spirit is also, as I said before, it's impacting for others. So this morning, as we spend time together, I want to encourage you to be open to the spirit. Let's encounter more of the Holy Spirit this morning and let's grow a little more together. Sound all right? Yep. All right, let me pray with us just before we get into it. So God, we just want to thank you um, just simply for the opportunity to come together, to worship you, to be in community together, uh, to share and open your word. And uh, Lord, I believe to be challenged and motivated by you. So God, this morning we give this morning to you. We pray that we hear from you, Lord. Let this not be about anything um, of ourselves, Lord God. Let this not be about any motivation we might have, but simply, Lord, Um, what you want us to hear today. So we just lay all of this before you pray. Amen. All right. um, I was in a meeting the other day and, um, you know, someone was leading a devotion. You know, sometimes like when someone's leading a devotion, you hear something that kind of sticks out to you or um, on occasions you hear a scripture that you're like, oh, have I ever heard that before? Or, Or, oh, I forgot that kind of scripture existed in a sense. And you know, it kind of sticks out to you. Well, I had one of those moments the other day um, and um, someone was sharing a devotion and I heard a story about a lady who um, was bent over for 18 years and um, then she had an encounter with Jesus and was healed. And I was really intrigued about this and couldn't get this vision out of my head um, of this bent over lady. And so, um, yeah, I, I want to look at that scripture this morning and it's found in Luke 13, um, 10 to 17. And let's read it. Look at that, straight up there. I've got that. All right, so let's read it. Um, One Sabbath day, as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Then he touched her and instantly she could stand straight. How she praised God. But the leader in charge of the synagogue was indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath day. There are six days of the week for working, he said to the crowd. Come on those, come on those days to be healed, not on the Sabbath. But the Lord replied, you hypocrites, each of you works on the Sabbath day. Don't you untie your ox or your donkey from its stall on the Sabbath and lead it out for water. This dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, has been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years. Isn't it right that she be released even on the Sabbath? This, This shamed his enemies, but all the people rejoiced in the wonderful things he did. So we have this story, and I, I don't know if you can visualise this story. Now, I must admit, when I first heard it, I kind of was visualising someone, and I don't know what, like fully fully bent over, walking on hands and feet. I, if you notice, I can't actually bend down there, <laughs> not just because I'm wearing a short dress, but honestly, that, that was the vision I had. And then I started to think a bit more about it, and I thought of this lady that I actually knew 
in our church and her name was Linda. And so um, Linda actually had uh, this thing where she was actually sort of bending forward and, and started to bend more and more forward and she couldn't actually straighten up. And, the, you know, the longer life went on, the, the sort of closer to the ground she got. And so it's sort of this vision of a person who's, who's like this, right? And, and I remember Linda, she was a lovely lady and she used to always come over and talk to me. Um, but when she talked to you, it was kind of like she knew it was you, um, mostly could recognise your feet, I think, and my brown legs. But she, she knew it was you, but she sort of like couldn't quite look up. So she'd talk to you like, you know, kind of like that. And her vision would be like restricted um, like this. And, and um, that's the vision I have of this lady, like a lady who was bent over, stuck down. She couldn't really see a lot, right? And you could imagine that in her life, she would have to have things in her house, um, you know, whatever she did in life, she would have had to have things sort of down on this level where she could see them, things so she could access them. Because 18 years is a real long time, isn't it? It's older than all of you guys. It's a long time, you know. It's half my age and a, and a bit more. <laughs> oh. um, it's a long time. And, you know, that's a long time to be kind of restricted in what you can see and what you do. And, uh, you know, it, it's the Sabbath and, and for some reason this lady is in that space. And, um, you know, you would think perhaps someone has brought her along or perhaps someone's told her about Jesus. Maybe she's heard about him. Maybe she, you know, takes the opportunity to come and hear from Jesus, knowing he's in the synagogue. And she encounters him and things change. Like pretty cool story, isn't it? 18 years of living restricted, your view limited. And Jesus calls her out, sees her, calls her out, knows she has a need invites her down and she encounters him and her life is changed. What a cool story. Because when, you know, when people encounter Jesus, things actually change. And I, and I was thinking about this story and I, I just really felt like it could teach us something about the Holy Spirit. So I just wanted to share a few things that I thought could stand out to us in this story. Um, number one, simply, so Jesus does the impossible, right? Someone is bent over, he prays over them, he touches them. They are instantly healed. Jesus does the impossible. And this is the thing, the spirit within us can do the impossible as well. So um, years ago, I was um, you know, a bit of a basketball player and I love my basketball. And, and one ministry thing that I really love to do is be part of the national basketball um, and netball competition that the Salvos run. And I remember one year I decided I'd invite a bunch of my mates and um, in the nicest possible way, my mates were a little, um, the term is loose. I don't know. I was just trying to think of another way to describe. They're a bit out there. Um, pretty much most of them had not grown up in any sort of church space or anything. And um, here I am, you know, young Christian adult, like going, cool, I'm going to, take everyone to this and, you know, things are going to change and it's going to be great. And it it kind of wasn't like that. Um, I took my mates to this competition and, um, yeah, it just felt really impossible. Like, like, what am I doing? Like, this is dumb, you know. Like, God, I need something to happen. And anyway, I was sitting in the car and we were driving somewhere and one of the girls was singing behind me um, and it was awful. You know the song, like, Crazy in Love, Beyonce? Yeah, great song, Sam's favourite. And she was singing this and I heard this voice say to me, she could be a worship leader. 
And I kind of was, hello, there it is. I looked around, I thought it was my friend Mandy who was driving, who also, you know, was a Jesus lover. And I was like, what? She's like, what? You know, and then, you know, continued on and then the voice. And then I heard again, you know, <clears throat> she could be a worship leader. And, uh, and then I, I recognised, I was like, oh, like someone else is speaking to me here. She could be a worship leader. Um, don't in, underestimate what I can do. Um, and look, I'll, I'll say it. She never, she hasn't become a worship leader. She, she hasn't become connected with a church. Like, like God can do the impossible, but come on, no. Um, but I actually just remembered writing that moment down um, to, to remind myself, don't underestimate that God can do impossible things because that, that felt real impossible and um, you know, I don't know what God's going to do in that space. Weirdly, um, this person's child may be coming to our carnival this year. So, um, you know, this years of sort of being uh, linked in and, um, yeah, I feel like God is doing something in that space, but not to underestimate what he could do that is impossible. Um, I remember another moment I was, um, have been blessed to do a bit of travel and I was um, in uh, Paris this one time and um, it was winter time, so super, super snowy and, and wet and um, I went up uh, this place called the Arctic Triumph. I don't know if anyone's been up there. Pretty cool. Um, Megan has been there. It's nice. Um, and I walk up to the, the middle part of this, the um, floor or whatever, getting ready to kind of do my tourist things and take my photos and um, all of a sudden there's a lady and she's kind of screaming and she's she's going, um, help, help and she's an American so you know, it's like, help, help um, and she's like, I went over and I was like, what's wrong? She's like, my husband has fallen down the stairs and he's hit his head, I need help and so I raced around, you know, um, like, what can I do? And um, managed to find someone um, who worked there. And of course, this lady spoke in French, right? Um, and the American said, lady says to me, can you speak French? And I was like, sure, like this. And then this French woman who was working there spoke to me. And, and weirdly, it was just like, all right, I kind of got what she's saying and and then I said to this um, American oh, she's asking what happened and the American explained it to me and then I said it back to the French lady and then the French lady said something to me and I was like all right I, I get what she's saying and then I was able to relay, relay that and had this random thing where it was like backwards and forwards um, we're able to establish what had happened to the man um, ring an ambulance get them help you know, consoled the, her, their two kids that were crying and then kind of was like, everyone's okay, cool. And I was like, all right, see ya. And I left. And um, remember walking down the stairs like, what actually just happened? Um, and it wasn't until later in life someone was like, oh, like you experienced like an interpretation of tongues or this gift and this um, Holy Spirit moment where God just honestly just spoke to me and, and made that happen. Um, so strange, right? Absolutely strange. Sounds completely impossible. Um, and, a, and a final story where um, I was at a camp once and um, a friend of ours was unwell and had been told she couldn't have children anymore. Um, oh, sorry, couldn't have children. And, um, and so a few of us got around her and, you know, one of the, um, our DY at the time was like, hey, we believe in healing, let's pray for it. Um, and we prayed for her and I remember my DY saying, um, Lord, we pray for a new womb um, and just said this prayer and we kind of 
left it and, you know, with hope, we're like, Lord, we'd love you to, to, to change that. And, um, and it must have been a few weeks later um, we got this call from this friend and she said she had a scan and the doctor was like, what's happened? Like, it's like you have a new womb and actually voiced the words that we'd prayed for. And she was healed and now has um, two young children and um, like what a blessing that was. And, you know, so, so Jesus does the impossible, right? And that same spirit is within us and can do the impossible in us and through us. The second thing, this woman encounters Jesus and her life is change. So the spirit within us can change people so it can change us, but it can actually be used to change others as well. And I don't know if you know Meg, who works in the mission department here. Um, so she works in the inclusion team. And, and we were having a conversation the other day. And, and she said, do you know, like, one of the fastest growing areas um, of people of faith is actually uh, the country Iran. So I don't know if you know much about that country, but when we're talking about the Middle East, we're talking about some pretty hectic places, um, some places that aren't very (laughs) Jesus-loving places. And um, she said there's this underground movement where all these people are encountering Jesus and lives are being changed. So people are experiencing miracles. People are just having their lives transformed, surrendering. And there's this amazing move of Jesus in that place. You know, how exciting is that? Um, That, you know, um, yeah, the Lord prompts us and it moves us to act, right? Um, It should motivate us to do more. So Jesus living in us should change us, but then should also motivate us to do more. And an exciting stuff are happening because people are choosing to share who Jesus is with others, even in the most dangerous places, and people's lives are being transformed. And the third thing, Jesus did stuff that others complained about. All right, in the scripture, as we heard, people were like, hey, Jesus, it's the Sabbath. Like we're supposed to rest, like it's actually not the day for this. Um, They complained about the fact that someone had been healed after 18 years of being limited, you know, physically. Um, They complained about it. So when we actually live in the spirit, not everyone is going to get it, okay? And when I was thinking about that, it can be things like, you know, sadly, sometimes even in the Salvation Army, when, when the way we worship can be like something that people don't like, you know, sometimes it's different or when people feel like they really surrender and they lift their hands, not everybody likes that kind of thing. Um, and sometimes, you know, sadly, there's, there's complaining about it. Even how we pray, um, you know, the way we choose to pray, the way we boldly pray, the way we pray out loud, all that kind of stuff can, you know, people can complain about it or feel uncomfortable about it. And even how we live in our lives, we make some choices about how we live as Christians and not everybody will get it and not everybody will like it. But the thing that really stood out to me about this scripture is this encounter with Jesus changed what this woman could see. So I mentioned already this woman had... had. Um, this affliction, I guess, or this, uh, you know, I think if you read different translations, it's this, um, like she potentially had an arthritis that was making her sort of bend over more and more. So she had this thing, she was, she was down. And as I said, kind of with the explanation of my friend Linda, she was limited in what she could see, um, you know, and, and she encounters Jesus and she lifts up her head and she instantly sees more. 
You know, doesn't just see Jesus for the first time, but sees perhaps the synagogue for the first time in a way that she hasn't. Or, you know, can start to look into the faces of different people um, that she's perhaps never even seen um, before. Her, she encounters Jesus and her perspective, what she can actually see, changes. And this, this physical act of Jesus healing this woman who couldn't see was she could have Sorry, she could see all of a sudden. She boldly had stepped forward and she could see more. I guess the question for us is what can you see? The challenge, I think, when we talk about the Holy Spirit is a couple of things. How is your view of the Holy Spirit? Okay, so when I say that, how do you actually see what the Holy Spirit can do? I mentioned that I, you know, personally felt like God's been sort of prompting me to think about this more. You know, how do I see the Holy Spirit at work? How can I actually view, like, how do I view, what is my perspective of what the Holy Spirit can do? You know, do I see and believe that the Holy Spirit is working? Like it's moving, it does stuff. You know, how, what do you believe that the Spirit can do in and through you? You know, I think as well, what do you want to see the Spirit do? Are you wanting to see more? As a church, I believe we need to lift up our eyes to see more of what the Spirit can do. You know, the impossible, the encounters people can have. Be willing to do crazy stuff that others might complain about or, you know, may not like to see the Spirit fully at work. You know, and believe that the Spirit resides in us. You know, Romans 8, 9 says the Spirit dwells in us. We know when something dwells, like it's, it's living, right? The Spirit, the living Spirit is in each of us. You know, we read in the Bible after Jesus, is, He's died, He's um, risen again, um, he, he transcends um, and He says, I'm going to leave behind my Spirit for you. I'm going to leave this bit of me with you to reside in you, to work in you. And I think for me, the challenge was to lift up my eyes, to turn up the volume of my belief in what God's Spirit can do. You know, the challenge for me was like, Marge, you know, you believe in healing, but how much are you praying for that healing? Like pray, pray more. (laughs) You know, you say you want to see people come to know me. So Believe more in the impossible. You know, those friends who sing bad karaoke. Believe more in the, pos- in the impossible. Remember what I've done before. Believe more that people can be healed. Be led by my prompting to perhaps reach out to those people in my life who need to know who Jesus is. So I think the world needs us to see the Spirit more. To look up and see a little more of what God can do and what the Spirit is here to do, actually. You know, to see more miracles, to see transformations, to see healing, to see hope restored, to see new life. You know, I think the story also shows us um, what might actually be stopping us from seeing all that the Holy Spirit can do in and through us. You know, she was, she was unable to see because of something in her life, what perhaps is stopping us, that thing in our life that might limit how we see the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit might work in us and through us.
like this woman was limited for seeing more. Maybe we have something that's limiting us from lifting our eyes. Maybe it's getting more boldness to respond when the Spirit is leading. You know, it's not easy to step out or, you know, when you get that prompting to act on it, it's not always easy to do that. Maybe it's becoming okay with the persecution, knowing that people might not love everything that we do in Jesus' name, but we grab hold of it because people actually need a miracle. People need transform, transformation. People need the healing. They're hope restored. They need new life. So maybe we need to boldly be stepping forward and surrendering more because Jesus sees us and his calling in us is to help others see as well. So how do you see the Holy Spirit? How do you see yourself? How do you see what he can do in and through you? Can you see it? We need to lift up our eyes to see more of what the Spirit has for each one of us and what the Spirit is asking each, of, each one of us to do. You know, maybe it's for us in 2024 as we choose to grow and choose to, to be more like Jesus, that it's just about turning, you know, some things up a little bit. Maybe it's turning up our belief. Maybe it's increasing a little bit of our time that we need to spend in the Spirit's presence. Maybe it's being bold about saying, actually, I need to get rid of stuff to, to make way, to step forward into more of God's plan. Maybe it is about that boldly stepping into perhaps something that the Spirit is being prompting you to do. I think we need to see and look at more of what the Spirit wants to do in and through us. So simply this morning, what I wanted us to do was we're going to play a song and we're going to make space for the Spirit, all right? Because I honestly think sometimes it's really easy. We ask for the Holy Spirit to do things, um, but then we don't make space for it, right? Um, and I think there's lots that can happen in this space when we make space for the Spirit. And, um, you know, I, I think however or whatever is happening for us, we need to come with that openness of where we're at. Um, so perhaps in this time, it may be simply that you actually need uh, the Lord to heal something in your life, that you need to surrender something and um, you want to lift your eyes to see more of Him and you want Him to work in your life in that way. Um, maybe for you, you know, yeah, it says in the Word that He has left His Spirit with you, but you probably, you can doubt a little bit of what the Spirit can actually do. You know, all those things in the Bible that you've seen, the woman who was healed after 18 years, the resurrection of Lazarus, all the miracles that are performed, you you think, well, that's, that's, that's for then. That's when Jesus was here, right? But He promises, He's promised that He's left His Spirit, the same Spirit that did that, that can do that now. So maybe for you, it's, it's grabbing more of that today. Actually, oh, that same power is within me. So I'm going to start to pray more for those miracles and those big things that I want to see. Maybe it's simply just sitting in His presence today to want to hear more that He has to say to you. I think sometimes in the busy world that we live in, 
it's actually really easy to miss the voice of God, isn't it? It's really easy to perhaps push away a thought that seems a bit far out and a bit crazy. But we need to make space for it. You know, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to encounter each one of us in whatever shape, form or, you know, whatever's going on for us. Um, I love that we sing that song, Jesus over everything. Uh, That's the simpleness of it, isn't it? We want Jesus to come into our lives to be amongst everything that we do. And so when we sit in this place, we're also, it's invitation for Him to do that, right? Maybe, yeah, maybe you just want to have an encounter or a touch from the Spirit. And so we want to invite you that this morning that is there for you. Can you see it? Can you see what the Spirit wants to do in you and through you? Can you see the miracles you've wanted? Can you see the transformation of the community that you want to see happen? The people in your family, in your life, you know, the young people, the the old people, the, the relatives, all the people that surround us. Can you see it? Can you see what God wants to do? and what His Spirit wants to do in and through us. So we're just going to have this time. I invite you to to encounter the Spirit as you need to. You might want to, you know, pray. You might want to be prayed for. Um, There are are people who would love to pray for you here. And we're just going to have this time together. um, And then, yeah, just see where the Spirit leads in that. So let me just pray with us and we'll head into that time. Lord, we just want to thank You that... um, Your Word is truth and that You are Lord of Lords, that You're King of Kings, that You are the Lord, you know, the God that died on the cross but rose again so that we could have life. And we thank You that Your Spirit has been left to each one of us and it dwells within us as well, Lord. And um, just now we're asking for an encounter with Your Spirit, Lord. Um, I pray that in whatever way people need to see You this morning, in whatever way perhaps they need to be lifted up to see or encounter just a little bit more of you, a bit more belief perhaps, a bit more um, desire to be in your presence, perhaps to surrender a little bit more, to come to know you more and move things out of the way to see a little bit better, Lord God. I pray that you just meet us in that space. So Lord, in, in this as well, we actually want to give you honour and glory that you are Lord and we want to see people come to know you and experience all of it that you have for each of them. So Lord, we just give this time to you. We ask that you speak, that you heal, that you help, that you sit beside, that you help us in whatever way we need to meet with you this morning, Lord. So Jesus, this time we give to you. Amen.